0: One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Which one are you? Get on the better looking side of those odds with Il Maquillage. Using AI, Il Maquillage virtually shade matches you to the perfect foundation. Their foundation has over 50,000 five star reviews thanks to its luxe lightweight formula. And with 50 shades, there's a flawless finish for everyone. Take the Power Match quiz to find yours at slash quiz.
1: That's I L M A K I A G slash quiz the opus an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy not just the history but how this music continues to evolve shaping lives shaking rafters and ingraining itself into our culture we're opening the vault on a recent classic records re-release delving into its inner workings and lasting impact maybe you're a longtime fan who wants to go deeper maybe you're a first-time listener and you're curious to hear more either way you're in the right place Find us at Consequence of Sound, iTunes, or wherever you tune into podcasts.
0: Consequence Podcast Network.
1: Bite-sized album reviews for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. This
0: is Consequence of Sound. Welcome to Track by Track, a recurring feature here on Consequence of Sound, where we explore an album one song at a time with the artist, discussing the song's origins, tales from the studio, every story that brought the music to life. I'm Tyler Clark of Consequence of Sound, and in this episode, I'm speaking with Paul Simonon of The Good, The Bad, and The Queen about their new record, Merry Land. If you love track by track, our album reviews, or any features here on COS, please consider rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcasts, or rating and reviewing specific episodes on Podchaser. Your feedback helps us grow and lets us know what you love about them, how you think they could improve, or even how you listen to them. Reach out to us by leaving a review or hitting us up on the Consequence Podcast Network Facebook page. We are an independent music outlet, and it's you, fine folks, that make it possible for us to keep exploring music in new and exciting ways. So connecting with you about how you experience our content is majorly important to us. Thanks so much for tuning in, and now let's uncover all the stories behind Merry Land with Paul Simonon.
1: And especially from every shire's end of England, the holy, blissful martyr for to seek... That them had helping
0: when that they were weak. Paul, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, yeah, to talk. <laughs> That's right. Hi there. Hi. Hi. So, I guess first of all, we'll just launch uh, right in. This is the first record with all of you together in uh, 11 years. And so, I guess
2: it starts yeah, quite off. a while ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, why return now? Why did this feel like a moment where the world was ready for another one of these records?
2: Well, it just sort of it came about sort of naturally, really. I mean, after the first one, um, we we did some touring and um, stuff for that record, and uh, and we, we got back occasionally and, and did a couple of tracks, but then uh, we sort of got involved in other projects. I mean, I got involved with Damon um, for a Gorillas Records, that's called Plastic Beach, mm. uh, and then after that we sort of met up again and we did a few more tracks, and and I guess sort of. Only in the last sort of few years that uh, Damon said, look, Paul, we need to get a producer because otherwise we're going to end up another ten years with another 50 songs. So, uh, <laughs> so um, that's where we got Tony Visconti in, and he chose the songs that he thought we should cover and do, and uh, and that's and that's where we started. So, uh, yeah, so t- Tony Visconti was basically uh, what activated us booking time into this recording studio and, and starting.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say when you get the chance to work with somebody like Tony Visconti that probably does sort of light a fire <laughs> under you a little bit.
2: <laughs> well, that's it, yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah. well, we certainly lit a big fire. I drive in the early hours down to the sea I stand
1: on the beach where the storms and the fire The voices that I for And the ghosts are
0: So we'll start at the uh, beginning of the record and just sort of go, go through and just get some of your quick thoughts on uh, the songs that make up the record. And I feel like the, the first track, it's the, the introduction and then into the the title track, Merry Land, and that it very much feels, and I, and I think I've heard you all comment on this in other interviews, it's very much a British record, English record, whatever, uh, however you'd like to, to define it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it sort of really started out, in a way, it's sort of like a, a sort of a, a pilgrimage around the country. And, uh, and it's, it's, um, you know, we spent time in Blackpool, and we went out on some trips to other parts of the country and, and really, uh, it's just sort of getting, just responding to, uh, being outside of London. Because London can be a bit of a bubble or of, of sort of like coziness, you could say. Um, so, once you're outside of London, it's, it's a bit more real. Mm. Uh, I guess like any major city, you come out into the outside of the, the, the capital and uh, you know, there's a, a reality that that bites a little bit more than it does in the major cities. And uh, I guess really the, uh, the, the title track, uh, Maryland, is it, sort of like an introduction into uh, our world, where we live, mm. and Great Britain, England today. Not in the literal sense, but you know. Sure, (laughs)
1: sure. (laughs) Notice hereby given the spring guns and man traps to be placed on these premises, so don't trespass.
0: On after that to uh the the second track gun to the head which to me like the lyrics on this one it felt very much um like sort of a commentary on the maybe the brutality like uh, beneath the surface of civilized life and like what it takes to sort of maintain because of, because of civilized
2: life yes <laughs> yeah. but also it's sort of done in, in a very sort of old studio musical style you know in some ways you could say it's it's actually in some ways, quite enduring. In some ways, you know, sort of quite kinks. and sort of which is sort of uh, a, d- a traditional mode of expression, music hall as it was, or mm-hmm. vaudeville as it was in America. Sure. Um. So uh, yeah, just it's uh, sort of uh, it's a more upbeat song maybe than uh, Maryland.
0: And it's one of those songs that, that, um, in an interview with the BBC, I know you you all talked about sort of sidestepping rock and roll a little bit on this one and sort of tapping into more of those traditional... It didn't
2: sidestep it. It just sort of, everyone, it wasn't like deliberate, like just not playing any rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, you know, it just was played naturally organically. You know, everyone contributed in their way. And and Simon, as a guitarist, he doesn't really play sort of power chords Mm -hmm. So to speak, uh, he's sort of like what you I would call the sort of Joe Meek of 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 music from that school of music, which is about the colour. Yeah, you know, and includes a lot of colour all all over the uh, the record really. Yeah, rather than power chords. So uh, I suppose the rock and roll element isn't there as such,
0: but it's not really missed. Yeah, I mean
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's it's sort of like sort of. I mean, I, I sort of say it's a bit sort of like, it's like rock and roll never happened. It's sort of like, but <laughs> reggae did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it makes for a really interesting listen.
1: I see myself moving.
0: 1917. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, um obviously uh, referring, you know, referring to World War One. I, uh, I know that Damon mentioned talk- taking a trip to-, to Paris and sort of seeing the-, the cemetery and everything, and sort of reflecting on the
2: what, past and the present.
0: Yeah, what that means today, and it, I'm just wondering, like now, like it's we're just after Armistice Day here, uh, and sort of celebrating or not celebrating, well, commemorating. Yes.
2: Funny, funny timing. That. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm just wondering what that sort of has been like to to commemorate that war and what it meant, while also watching what's going on today.
2: Well, it's not. It, it's. um, It. I mean, there's two ways you you could hear the song. I mean, in in terms of the lyrics, you know, it's it's almost sort of like it's like a letter to somebody that you're leaving, or, or you're, you're you know you're leaving somebody, mm-hmm. or they're leaving you. And it's also you could defer that to, in some ways, you could defer that to um, the present situation we're involved with, with the United Kingdom and Europe. Mm. You know, it's uh, there's parallels there in some ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess the, the idea of, well, the fact that we had two world wars, that was after the devastation of that. It's sort of um you know, that's, we don't particularly wanna go back to that situation and and uh, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that was given. Um that sort of created a united Europe.
0: And to now be sort of watching as it as it maybe, you know, is under threat as well that integrating maybe. Yeah.
2: It's, yeah. I I guess the problem was it was sort of uh, the, the questions that were asked at the time weren't the right ones but because it was really down to a politician trying to secure his seat in, in the government for another term. Mm-hmm. The, as I said, the questions weren't, the right questions weren't asked about, about staying with Europe or not.
0: Yeah, those, miss, those missed opportunities that you can look back on now.
2: On the Bureau where they don't
1: fly, the Union flag.
0: Well, I'm going to take the opportunity to talk about uh, The Great Fire, which follows 1917 and has sort of an interesting, just because of the, the title as well, but both sort of lyrically and musically, there is a, a great sense in this one of a coming conflagration or, you know, this sort of fire just at the edge of town. I wonder what what your feelings are about about this one and what it represents to the record.
2: Uh, Well, it's it's sort of quite a haunted uh, melody, really, um, lyric wise as well. I mean, you know, there's a a lot of references to um, the uh, town of Blackpool and, and, and its environment locally. Um, and it's sort of, I don't know, I, I guess I, I would say, you know, English Seaside Resort at, in wintertime, they're, they're pretty uh, desolated, well, pretty melancholic places because mm-hmm. they, they have all the dark skies and the clouds and the rain, but then you have the contrast, you have these bright-coloured lights. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's quite, quite a melancholic sort of atmosphere. And it, and it also I suppose it's all, it's, it's the facade of a town, well, like many cities, I guess on one, on the front, it looks like everything's fine then, but then you go round to the back streets and it's uh, quite a different story. Up in the
1: town that looks out to see the pink dressing room bell of the lady. She looks from the shadows out through the same of And I feel like
0: the seaside especially uh, comes through in this middle section of the record uh, really sort of clearly and evocatively. And certainly on the next couple of songs, uh, Lady Boston and Drifters and Trawlers. That uh, Lady Boston was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, inspired by uh, a portrait, correct?
2: Yeah, there was a portrait in, in this castle, Penryn Castle. Um, it was built in the Victorian period, and it mocked or, or, or was sort of designed upon the idea of it being like a, a sort of a Norman castle from sort of like 1066. Mm. Uh, and thousands and millions was spent on it, uh, and and the people that had it built and that owned it pretty much made their 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 money from slavery. They made their money from enslaving the local population and, and the slate mines, and mm. uh, so this this uh, building sort of came to represent uh, misery, really, to the local people of that town. Um, even today, they have dark memories about it, and they just look at this place on this haunted building on top of this hill. Mm. And uh, within that was this uh, portrait of this. Uh, girl amongst um, many uh, aristocrats, and and she—you could say she was a, a, almost like the the Meghan Merkel of her time. Sure.
0: <laughs> and so, and and with that, you know, this sort of uh, it, it produced this sort of very um, sort of lovely at times song, especially with the uh, the uh, the choir at the end. Um, the Welsh choir, yeah, yes. it's just but just were local edition.
2: guys from, from that so. So their ancestors were the ones that worked in the in the slate mines. Yeah, Jeez. and they had all their their cottages and properties taken away from them.
0: So it's sort of a it's almost yeah that 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 sense of the full the circle of time is, uh, wow, it's really yeah. really present on that. one. And then on the next one on drifters and trawlers, you do get to say sort of, I think there's a line in there that about like throw away the past, and and there is that sort of like maybe a little bit of movement towards, you know, divesting ourselves of the the sort of myths that yeah build well, us up. In,
2: in, in some ways, some of these they're sort of self-explanatory in some ways, but then it depends. People can read. You know, this is the thing about poetry, people can read different things into it or, or get something different each time a, a different person reads it. So, you know, I guess it sort of allows for an open discussion, if, if need be, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think that that, that is definitely, you know, this, this middle section especially, like I said, the, it gives that very s- strong sense of both history and that, that melancholy seaside feel. I think it's going to inspire uh, probably yeah. a, lot of, a lot of conversations.
2: We are surrounded by the ocean
0: obviously that uh, yeah. looms looms large in sort of a physical sense the treacherous twilight the
1: echoes of the haunted desert saffron from shut to the twelve the follow on the camping on the cliff top then no dream
0: and just look into midnight so the dark i think for me the Darkest. Tra- I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, I'll I'll go with it. The darkest track on the record feels like uh, the Truce of Twilight, which opens with this sort of music box quality before painting a a, a really sort of dismal picture. I think uh, a little bit. I wonder if you have <laughs> the same feelings about that, or if you if there's a little bit of hope that I'm that I'm missing in that one.
2: Well, you know, the there, I mean, it's sort of. Uh... It's an interesting one because it's sort of got quite a menace to it, and uh, and it does sort of, as, as I guess the lyrics do, sort of refer to sort of like uh, goodwill, famous goodwill being dumped in the fly tips, and uh, mm. you know, yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's sort of like a, it's a comment on on our environment, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that, that, I mean, I think we've we've talked about a little bit the the idea of like dismantling that like myth of Progress or the actual progress that has been made, and there's sort of a reckoning yeah, well, with like,
2: you know, I, I, I guess one of the points is it overall really is that sort of people those people generally have this sort of sort of nostalgic, sentimental idea of uh, merry England, old England, and uh, I mean, I guess maybe. For some, it was merry, but it's a sort of nostalgic thing, sentimental of the past, and it never really existed in the way that people imagined. And I guess that's probably why some people voted to leave Europe, because they wanted it to go back to something like that. But, you know, sort of like, you know, sort of the local village green and duck pond and people playing cricket. I mean, the way it's presented it is sort of, uh, it's not really real. It's not realistic. It's not. You know, yeah. it's, it's a dream, it's a dream of the past.
1: I am the maple dancing with the sun I wear my ribbons white and red I am the morning the flowers in
0: And you get that dreamlike quality in in ribbons. There's sort of probably the gentlest song on the record, which follows the darkest. And it has a sort of elegiac quality to that one and and sort of the the traditional imagery contained within.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's probably the uh, the one closest to sort of English folk music, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, I think it's a it's a really But
2: but modern, you know.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean like like we said the, the whole like uh you know if if rock and roll didn't happen, but if, if reggae, reggae did, did yeah, but it's like the, the folk folk may have happened as well too. <laughs> I'll
1: be the last man to leave I'll be
0: So on the last man to leave, uh, as we sort of round towards the uh, the end of the record here, there is on this yep. one that sense of loyalty, I guess, to this idea of home, if not country, but of of home, I guess, that of even if things are going to go badly, like uh, there's still a part of us that can't leave or that that wants to stay. I wonder. Well, I don't know.
2: No, I, I, I just think it's, it's. I think it's about paranoia and some sort of these all um sort of well as it mentions in the song the disappointments of the wind rush and uh, uh,
0: you
2: know it's it's about separation in some ways to me and okay. uh, and it's it's about somebody sort of just sort of uh losing contact of with themselves via the bar
0: mm. or the pub. Sure you mentioned the Windrush generation and the that like yeah, that disillusion of watching the battles of the twentieth century that we thought we had won, I guess, be sort of refought yeah. now. And it feels like we maybe you know, that the outcome's gonna be different this time. Um, well,
2: you know, like some of the of that you know, it's of like it you know, it, it 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 makes comment about a lot of things. So I mean each each song has has possibilities for lots of different ideas. I mean know this this call. It can also refer to like people being insular at that and that and not sort of being open minded, you know, mm. and sort of, Yeah. You know uh, uh, about engaging with the present day.
1: Cause I love
0: that brings us to the final track on Maryland, uh, The Poison Tree. And I'm always interested when talking about records and especially when going track by track like we do here about asking like yeah. why this song as the closing statement? Why does the record close with poison, The Poison Tree? Like what does it represent? I think
2: actually um, it was quite difficult actually to figure what song to put at the end. Uh, and there was a few other songs that we'd recorded that didn't make the album, and um, and just by chance we tried it in, in in the running list, and we put Poison Tree, and it seemed to work perfectly. Because in some ways, it's actually quite optimistic after the journey that we've been through by the record.
0: Mm. And what is there to be optimistic about?
2: Well, I think first of all the mood of of the uh, the music. I, I think it's I think it's got a uh, an optimism there but um, but also it actually t- for me it sort of reminds me of, of right it's the sort of song I, I, I can imagine somebody like Anthony Newley would have recorded
0: mm-hmm.
2: if you know who he is He he's a singer British singer that only sang with a, an English accent back in the 50s mm-hmm. uh, and he was a big influence to David Bowie
0: I think there's something to be plenty uh, optimistic about here at the end of Maryland. Paul Simonon of The Good, The Bad, and The Queen, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking time to chat Thank you chat so much, yeah. All right, thank All you. All
2: right, miss. Best regards.
0: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thanks so much for listening to Track by Track. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Or hey, share it with a friend or on social media. It helps make sure we can keep dishing out our music journalism in audio form. You can also follow Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network on Facebook. And be sure to check out our other music, movie, and television podcasts. Just head over to consequenceofsound.net to explore all of our series. Stay tuned to Consequence of Sound for album review podcasts three times a
1: week. If you love these shows, don't keep it to yourself. Let the world know. Rate and review us on iTunes and Podchaser. And be sure to check out our other programming on the Consequence Podcast Network.